Bartles, pastor of Judson Baptist Church, and you're listening to Mimi Reads the Bible. Good morning, and welcome to Mimi Reads the Bible. MimiReadsTheBible.com <laughs> Excuse me, I hope that laughter will be taken out. I'm not laughing at I'm laughing because I know that that's how you introduce yourself <laughs> now. now to people when you meet them. Hello, I am Mimi, MimiReadsTheBible.com And then you wait expectantly while they get out their phone. And it's really awkward if they don't do it right away because you just stare, you know? Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> and I also now can read in people's eyes if they've ever listened to it before. Well, we found out that the office manager, <laughs> yes. and I did it with a clever gag. I said, what is Mimi's uh, signature sign-off? Of which you haven't got one. No. And she like kind of, I, I think for a minute she was going to guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, I don't I don't know. And, and I thought, well, all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're supposedly our friend. Yeah, dear friend. Right. Well, I mean... These things are all in flux right now for me. I have to sort some things out. So, you know, you were telling me some distressing news. I I have had several distressing news occurrences. First of all, Jimmy Fallon, who I highly regard. I mean, who doesn't? He said, out of the 50 states in ranking, an accent that goes from the best loved to the least liked. New Jersey ranked number 49. Of course, Jimmy Fallon, best known for being the guy who couldn't keep himself from laughing during the cowbell sketch with Christopher Walken. (laughs) Um, Now, what was number 50? You know, he never said, and I was so incensed about number 49 that well, I he, didn't think to maybe, ask. Maybe he did, and you blanked? Like you <laughs> lost time? You were so upset? It could be, because Kim asked me that same thing. I said, I have no idea. I don't know what number one was. You're not getting the point. What What would you say it is, then? If you wanted to throw someone further beneath the bus than your own accent. Yeah. Um, see, they said... Boston was like in the top ten. People, that, that's tomato, tomato to me. Oh, Park the car in Harvard Yard. They should. Paul been, went in the synagogue and taught. I mean, to me, it's. Uh, they should be number fifty. It's all like opinion. East Coast. Really, you don't like the Boston accent? No, I don't. I find it fake. Oh, I think it's charming, but I also <laughs> like the New Jersey one. It makes me think of Mr. Lunt on Veggie Tales. Uh, oh yes, he is cute. He was. He died actually, sadly. <laughs> He was accidentally eaten on set. <laughs> now, Jim, oh. I want to just say to you, what? don't worry about this. What does Jimmy Fallon know? He's only universally beloved, America's sweetheart, you know, like, there's. he doesn't know what he's talking about. And it probably was just a scientifically done sampling with a, you know, very formal poll with all the right... Uh, checks and balances in place so you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i want i want to encourage people who are listening to this get on facebook get on twitter and i want you to hashtag mimi reads the bible all all lowercase <laughs> and, uh, and all one all one word <laughs> and, and uh and i want you to tell mimi just what you think of her accent yes and if it's nice if you have nothing nice to say 
then yeah. just go to Boston and listen to those fakers. <laughs> yeah, you know what that's I mean? right. That's wow. And then the other disturbing news you got yes. related. I, I had um, a friend that I've had for years from New Jersey listen to a pod to one of the podcasts and said that I don't sound the same from when I moved away from New Jersey. And in my mind, I haven't lost my accent. I gotta say, Mamie, if like how long ago was that? Ten years? Twelve years? Thirty. Thirty years ago that you moved away? <laughs> oh wow! Okay, if if you ramp up what you got going now, you know five percent mm-hmm. per year for thirty years. I don't think I could have understood you. <laughs> it would have been like you know sometimes um, I have a hard time with with some of the people in the refugee congregations, <laughs> and I have to you know I have one of them that's that's a little more fluent come and help me out. I would have had to have someone who's lived in in Michigan longer come and, and translate. <laughs> Well, so here's the thing, I guess, to comfort yourself. If, in fact, it is an unpleasant accent, you're losing it day by day. Yeah. But I don't think it is. I think you're... No, I don't think it's... I think you have... And here's the thing. Every accent has different iterations. Am I right? Yes. People say, like, do a British accent. There's, like, nine or something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you going to do a Cockney one? Are you going to do some kind of, like, Michael Mm Caine-like thing? Or are you going to do Lord Grantham? Um and with New Jersey, there's the really nasally deal. Mm-hmm. And that is unpleasant, I think. But every, I mean, Midwesterners have that. Well, there are certain and, people with a nasally. And in New Jersey, you would kind of make fun of people from South Jersey. Oh. You felt that their accent was not as nice. And then North Jersey was more of, you know, just a New York accent. And mm-hmm. so there, even within New Jersey, there was some competitiveness as to whose was the true New Jersey accent, which, of course, I lived in the center of the state, so it must, must have been the true. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the one that was uncorrupted by other uh, adjacent yes. uh, states and, and things. Hmm. So I think that whatever the case, you have the most pleasant New Jersey accent. Well, thank you. Maybe. I mean, did they read all 50? No. Maybe no. Central Jersey was like number 10 most pleasant. Yeah, but there were only 50 in there's 50 states. Oh. I'm well, see, that's not even fair. If you go to Georgia, I mean, I've only been there like a few times, and you can identify six or seven different accents there. So yeah. you go to Louisiana, there's not one accent. It just, the whole thing's a sham. <laughs> when I first moved to um, Colorado to take care of my father... I used to, and I taught in the Christian school as a substitute, I used to correct the children on how they pronounce Colorado. Oh, no. (laughs) Because I pronounce it Colorado, and they pronounce it Colorado. And I... I, You said the same thing twice. No, I didn't. Okay, say them again. totally different. Colorado Uh and Colorado. Oh, one of them, you go like falsetto there, and the, like head voice. So that, let me see, am I doing it? Colorado versus Colorado. Is that it? Well, yeah, it's a, a different um, emphasis on the syllable or, or something. I don't know, but I got corrected in correcting people for pronouncing Colorado. You're really. saying your own state wrong. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. When someone says, uh, I had a buddy who was from St. Louis, and he would always yeah. say Missouri. Drove me up the wall. It's an I at the end. Yeah. It's Missouri. We all know it's Missouri. And I heard a couple people from Illinois lately pronounce the S at the end. 
I don't yeah. know if they're trying to like start something new or what's going on with that. But Illinois you could get in trouble in school if you did that when you were going through the state. The teacher frowned on the yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here though, not just to talk <laughs> about accents. No, I mean we're here to do that. But also, the name of the the podcast is Mimi reads the Bible in her diluted New Jersey accent dot com. And you have selected a psalm to read. Yes, Psalm 139. All right, let's hear it. A favorite. Well, is, there a, is there a setting or a, or a heading, rather, a, a it's prescript? For, for the director of music. It's of David, though, so it's one of David's, a psalm. Did you know, though, that, that Le David can mean by David, written by David, or, a, or in reference to David, Belonging to David, according to so it might oh, not always so be. Not always yeah, it could be one that he. Um, I mean, he was a psalm psalm writer, mm-hmm. songwriter, but some of those could have been uh, psalms of David in a different sense than David wrote them. Uh, I, I choose to let believe that he wrote them. I like okay. thinking of him. I do. Yeah. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way 
everlasting. Now, I am not God, but I found a couple of uh, grievous ways in him. <laughs> Near the end there, especially. Now, I, I got to tell you, you ever have a weird thought that is like semi-irreligious when someone's reading scripture? I had one when it said, uh, so in verse 11, it says, Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. And my first thought was, no, the darkness won't hide you and stop calling me Shirley. <laughs> but, you know, I joke around a lot. Um, so obviously, first of all, before we get to the controversial part, this is a great psalm about God's a, his uh, sovereignty and omnipresence, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And also his transcendence and imminence, meaning his being high and lifted up and above everything and all powerful and his being low and with us and condescending to be with us and present even in our little troubles. Um, if I go up into the highest heaven, you're there. If I go down into the, into the earth, you're there. God, you're with me all the time. Uh, and you're, you know, you don't just dwell in the light, uh, but you bring the light into my darkness mm -hmm. so that the darkness is as light to you. You see everything. Uh, and that's wonderful. And if it stopped there, I don't think there would be much to talk about other than just to say, this is awesome. <laughs> what is it that, that makes you stop and say, hmm, how do we as Christians interpret this? Well, I, I love, first of all, that he, um, is it, it it is delighting in in his creation of us mm -hmm. he knit us together in our mother's wombs and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made his works are wonderful and um that when i was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body how can you just call this a fetus Mm. Not a baby when um, all of our days were ordained, were written before one of them came to be. And it's very interesting to me that this, we, we have the benefit of a lot of scientific stuff and a lot mm -hmm. of imagery. To them, this whole thing is a mystery. Yes. Right. The woman gets bigger and bigger, and out comes a baby. And and I mean, clearly they they knew there. You know, there was right. there was knowledge of you know they'd cut open animals at different times mm -hmm. and see you know how how things were formed. But what a mysterious thing! And God is present, yes, and doing a miracle in creating a, okay. a human being inside of uh, another human being. And you know, I think it's uh, on one level a misnomer to say the miracle of birth because a miracle usually is the okay. suspension of the laws of nature. But on another from another point of view, obviously it's the miracle of birth because it's just bonkers. Um, wow, what what cool! And I don't know, I don't know many uh, uh, obstetricians. I don't know of many of them who are atheists. You know, right. that seeing that miracle again and again and again—that's just wild. Um, yeah, that's that's and that's a beautiful thing. And it's I remember whenever I see that fearfully uh, and wonderfully made, I think of I used to get a magazine when I was uh, about ten until sixteen. Focus on the Family put out, and mm -hmm. it was called um, Breakaway, and it, Breakaway for Boys, and mm -hmm. then there was Brio for Girls. Right. Uh, and the Breakaway for Boys, you know, they'd have the corny stuff of mm -hmm. like, hey, this guy's a skateboarder, and he's a Christian, and, you know, it, 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 I wish I still had them. They were all ruined in a flood. But there was one that on the cover was a dude with no arms and no legs, 
And it said, fearfully and wonderfully made. And it, I was just transfixed. Look, reading through this article and seeing how this guy did everything in his mm-hmm. life. And how even though he didn't have any fingers, he didn't have arms, he didn't have legs, he didn't have hands, he, he got things done and thought of himself as, as, you know, he remembered, God still knit me together and I'm still made in God's image. And, and he found great comfort in that. And, and in the interview, he was like, if I didn't believe I was made in God's image, I, would, I wouldn't be able to function. I'd just be despairing all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to be reminded of that, that our, you know, as you might struggle with this or that with your body, you are wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's miraculous. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Very much so. Um, and then he goes from the celebration of the little baby in the mother's <laughs> womb to, let me tell you who I hate and who I want God to yeah. kill. <laughs> David. Oh, boy. And, and, and we do believe this was written by David. And you can see his fingerprints on it. <laughs> David, who, you know, part of the problem becomes people wanting to lift up these Old Testament heroes in VeggieTale style <laughs> as you emulate them. Mm-hmm. Not so. No. And David is a prime example. This guy's, you know, peeping Tom, murdering his own men, committing adultery. And, and his life is a cautionary tale. He yes. starts so close to God and then he strays. And so where do you think he is in his life when he writes this? Well, maybe he's at the um, end, the the later part of him, and he's coming to think that that God has searched him and knows his heart, and yet he still loves him, and he knows, you know, everything he's done. There's no hiding that from God and yet he believes God's thoughts are precious to him there's still um, I think comfort in them to him Mm -hmm. and how much can we um, derive comfort from the fact that as, as sinful as we can still remain God accepts us and although he knows us, and we may be able to fool some people of what we are and how sinful our hearts still are, he knows us, and yet he made us, he loves us. And then David could go and say, and yeah, go get them, because <laughs> they're the real bad guys. <laughs> if I feel that people, as they get older... And granted, I just turned forty-one, so I'm not—I'm not older yet. No, um, I'm no. younger yet, younger than forty-two. But uh, I, you know, I know—I I spent a lot of time with old people, older people, old people, and full-on elderly people. And it seems to me people go one of two ways: they either soften and become more gracious and mm-hmm. and more prone to forgive and love, or they harden and become more bitter and more angry. And it's clear that David did the latter in that when he's on his deathbed and it's like finally worked out, it's going to be Solomon's going to be the guy. Do you remember what he says to Solomon? He's like, I got something for you to do, man. Get out a pen. Here's a laundry list of people to whack. Yeah. Literally. That's what he, that's, that was his legacy. Kill these people. One of them uh, is a guy he forgave, made a big deal out of forgiving him. 
And he's like, yeah, you know what, though? I, I Psych, kill him. And <laughs> and that shows us that his heart was, you know, even though you read Psalm 51 and you see that he has a sense of his own uh, fallenness mm-hmm. and the need for God's grace, he his sanctification didn't continue on that trajectory. Mm-hmm. He, he, he strayed uh, and he trusted himself. He, he tended toward trusting his horses and chariots and armies and instead of trusting in God, even though he, he wrote all these Psalms about it. It's a, don't, don't believe that David is the gospel. You know, be like yeah. David. Don't no. dare to be a Daniel. Don't be like any of these people. Be like Jesus and only emulate them in the mm-hmm. moments where they, you know, showed faithfulness to him. Uh, when you read this, does it, would you be embarrassed or feel awkward about an unbeliever reading this psalm? No. The one thing I guess I would say, oh, um, that they, that God clearly searches our hearts and does know us. But again, that to me would be saying, but you're still accepted. You're still, he's not saying, I know what you're thinking and forget you, buddy, because you're over that line of where I could accept you. I guess I'm thinking more of the hypocrisy here of like, you know, David is, I mean, this. I'm going to be facetious here. David is quote unquote pro-life in one <laughs> section and then he just exults in the idea of death. And and there's something in that that I think Christians today at our worst can sometimes uh, manifest. And what do we do with a psalm, Holy Spirit inspired, right? Uh, and, and it says... Uh, oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. O oh, men of blood, depart from me. Uh, and Do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred and count them my enemies. And then we say, Jesus comes along and says, hate your enemies with complete hatred. No, he says, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Well, what do we do with that? Is that a Bible contradiction that should should embarrass us or should... No, because again, these are David's words that show, yes, God doesn't say we all have pure hearts and pure minds, but David, who he was a man after God's own heart, but he sure wasn't perfect. (laughs) But he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man (laughs) after God's own heart. And so, because right after he says all those things, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, like the preceding verses. Yeah, but then the very last words. Lead me in the way everlasting. So, yeah, if, if you find junk in me, lead me away from it. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect that this is a work in progress. Yeah. There's a, a song, He's Still Working On Me. You know that mm-hmm. one? I remember I did that with Jason Goodman as a duet at church when I was like six. We mumbled it, mumbled it, mumbled it into the ground for the first verse. And then Mrs. Metzger got up and said, and we're going to do the rest of the song facing the audience. And everyone laughed and I was mortified. Um, <laughs> but so God's still working on this guy. And and there's the notion that Jesus does acknowledge you have heard it said. Love your friends, hate your enemies, uh, and... He doesn't say, those who said it need to be rebuked. He says, but I say to you. 
There is a progressive revelation in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And in the Old Testament, when Israel was a nation, they had armies and they fought against God's enemies in wars and people did get slain. And Jesus comes and says, all of those things were foreshadowing a spiritual kingdom. And now we don't struggle against flesh and blood. You don't go out and kill people. We want to go out and love people. And the enemy we want to defeat is a spiritual enemy. So there's not a contradiction here. There, you have to keep reading. You have to finish mm-hmm. reading the story. You can't like grab... My, my wife um, has written a book, which is super popular now. Uh, and uh, that makes me excited. And she's trying not to read the reviews, but I can't not read the review. It was my own books when they came out. I couldn't, I couldn't stop either. And I, there was a one-star review early on, and the person had read like the first four pages, pulled out a, like a sentence of dialogue they didn't like because of the quote-unquote message of it, and said, I can't stand this book. It's horrible. Look at what it promotes. And... Obviously, we're going, well, if you kept reading, you'd see this person grows and changes. And that's the point of the book. I think that's what we have to allow here as well. Uh, This progressive revelation. Uh, What do you think of the Psalms? How do do you use them in your own personal devotional life, etc.? Well, I find them to be comforting. I find them, you know, I think about David and that he would be brought to Saul to soothe him. Mm Mm-hmm. And that they're they're very soothing, but sometimes they do get me riled up too. About yes, we don't have to um, just sit back and say I'm Christian, so I can't say anything, you know, c- contradictory because I don't want to be seen as trying to pick a fight because I'm to love everyone. No. We still have to be firm in what we know is true. And and I think that David, of all people, told us, you, you speak the truth in love. He didn't always remember the in love <laughs> part. But in the New Testament, we do get that speak the truth in love. And so, but I've, I do, when, when my... Soul is hurting when I'm sad. I go to the Psalms. Um, I I use that the Psalms for that because, like the Proverbs, I kind of use them as words to live by daily. There's one for every day of the month, and um, I I find that really to to remind me this this. But the Psalms they comfort my heart. They, um, and then sometimes they kick me in the butt and say, yeah, but. It's interesting to me that you bring up Psalms and Proverbs together, because so often you'll have like a New Testament. In fact, I think the one, the cool little vest pocket one you gave me that was your father's, um, it says New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. They're, they're often, it's, it's assumed like if you need anything from the Old Testament on the go with you, Psalms is going to be amongst it. You know I mean? Like the Old Testament itself is all important. Um, I don't, I don't mean it's all important. I mean, it's all of it is important <laughs> and, and we, we don't want to forget everything but Psalms, but the notion of if this is a little Bible, yeah, you're going to want the new Testament, but you don't want to be walking around without Psalms, right? right. I mean, come on, you're going to need this for food for your soul and for devotional reading. And it, it is to me a beautiful, a beautiful source of worship. Uh, and we were talking, um, earlier 
um, off air, and by off air I mean without the little recorders running, <laughs> that um, that there are church traditions and churches where that's their their worship. That churches that go by what's called the Reformed principle of worship, uh, where you only sing what's kind of mandated and given to us mm-hmm. in the scriptures. And end of the day, I'm thinking singing nothing but psalms would probably be an improvement over a lot of uh, the kind of corpus of worship mm-hmm. music that's that's very popular right now. They're they're so deep and mm-hmm. they and they they touch on everything, you know. Yes. Some of them get made again and again and again into songs, and some of them I have never heard sung as as, mm-hmm. as you know kind of popular versions of them. But yeah, what a what a beautiful source. And there was a year we did the lectionary here. So I just went through, I, I yoinked it from my friends in the uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, um, because I just, I love their worship and I, and I wanted to try lectionary okay. preaching. Every week then we had a psalm reading instead of like the quote unquote invocation where someone okay. just sort of wings it. Uh, there was a psalm reading. There was a New Testament and an Old Testament reading, a gospel reading. You know, and, and I kind of did some picking and choosing of different things. Uh, we didn't go by it entirely. But having that psalm at the beginning set a tone. Have you ever been in a church that, that does that? Um, I was in a church where uh, we sang three uh, psalms, three songs from the psalm to begin the worship. And um, it was only with the piano. I thought it would be with the organ if it was only with one instrument, hmm. but it was only the piano, and that was the entirety of singing in. Really? Okay. So yeah, was that like a Reformed Baptist church? Reformed Baptist church. Was that the one in Grand Rapids? Did you actually attend there? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, okay. my um, my in laws and um, went there. We moved to Michigan because my mother in law was. With, ill with cancer and she wanted to get to know her grandchildren we had the four oldest and so we moved here and uh, she was alive for four years after we moved here and the whole time she was alive we attended that church hmm. so the kids learned the catechism yeah and, the, like like the one we're studying now the second london baptist confession of faith and it's it's catechism that's wonderful not long ago my son even said i said something about going to church he goes mom i learned my catechisms <laughs> like, uh, maybe we should like quiz him and see if he still knows <laughs> yeah. it. now that kind of thing even then you don't get i mean no one's like all right stand and together we're going to sing psalm 119 Right? right. <laughs> that's like champagne supernova eight times in a row. You know, that's a long haul. Um, and, and so, and you're, you're locked into, you, ha- you have to come up with a melody. Mm-hmm. So it's not all actually yeah. given to us by scripture. And uh, there's, there's a Mulaney, John Mulaney bit about church. And, and he says that uh, psalm is a word that's meant to be misheard. A guy will get up and say, okay, I'm going to sing a psalm now. And someone says, you're going to sing a song? Yeah, it's a psalm. Um, because yeah. they're not good. And they're not catchy <laughs> or something like that. And and I'm going, oh, that's so sad. That that's yeah. his impression of it. They are so good. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and and they're wonderful. And if, especially a good translation mm-hmm. can really just grab you and, and uh, bring you into the presence mm-hmm. of God. You know, we're at that point, friends, <laughs> where, <laughs> where along with 
trying to find a tagline now that that's been put out there for me. We're looking for new uh, things to study, to read to you. And so we may be putting out a new poll soon. Or should we just go with the second place winner of the last poll? Which was? I don't remember. <laughs> like, but I, I still have access to it on s- Survey Monkey. Oh, so it we will find out what it was. Or tweet us. Hashtag Mimi Reads the Bible. And then what you want Mimi to read. Exactly. Because friends and, dare I say, fans. <laughs> there you go. With an S. Uh, we love hearing from you. At least, at least three, if you count those, uh, or, or at least four, if you four. count those two children. Yes, and who I felt were they—they they responded to the sound of our voices as if they were known to them. Yes, yes, yeah. So yes, I found those children quite intelligent. So I'm sure they would highly support our fanship. Now. What kind of a sign-off do you think is appropriate here? What What is somebody... Should you just say, until next time, forget about it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Not. You just gave, shot me a look like I might be although, swimming with the fishes tonight. Although, Jimmy Fallon, when he said... And when New Jersey found out that they were number 49, they said... It would be terrible if they ended up with an accident. Right, yeah. (laughs) Oh, it'd be a shame if whoever conducted that survey woke up with a horse head in his bed. I'm sure I'm conflating New York, New Jersey, and all sorts of different things. I've never been to New Jersey. Do you know what? You've never been. It is really a beautiful state. It's a garden state, right? It is. And... um, we had uh, lovely, lovely. The tomatoes are like second to none. Big for all the marinara sauce, right? <laughs> big red tomatoes, <laughs> and um, the corn, corn on the cob there, and apples. I though, when I moved to Michigan, I thought there was only red delicious or Macintosh. Macintosh for cooking, Red Delicious for eating. And then I went out to one of these apple places, orchards, and could get all these different kinds of apples. And I said, I wondered if there was more in New Jersey, and I just had never known about them. <laughs> Red Delicious are the least delicious apples. They are. They're the prettiest. There's a sermon yeah. illustration there. They, they look nice. Fuji apples. That's my favorite. What do you like? I do... Um, I like Fuji. I like Galas also. Say it again. Galas. Gala. Galas. G-A-L-A. Okay. I've not heard of that kind. I'll have to check oh, that it's, out. Oh, I like that one. But I do like Fuji. Folks, this has been two people talking about fruit and their right. fruit preferences. We're not fruity. <laughs> so, until we meet again. It's Mimi. Mimi reads a Bible.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at www.churchlancing.com. Scripture this week taken from the Holy Bible New International Version. Copyright 1973-1984-2011 by Biblica Incorporated. Used by permission of Zondervan. All rights reserved worldwide. And don't forget, God's Word is there to be read all the time. You don't have to wait for me.